Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Hey, let me tell you right quick, you did not put Journey on the news. No, you did better than that. You put Jesus on the news. You put Jesus on the news. I remember telling Liz after the interview was done, I said, babe, I messed up. I don't really do news interviews, so I didn't get any training on this. I said, babe, I messed up. She said, what do you mean? He, I said, he asked me why we did what we did. And all I kept talking about was Jesus. He was in every sentence that came out of my mouth. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. All is Jesus. I, she said, what's wrong with that? I said, it's the news. You're not going to put Jesus on the news, babe. Nothing I said is going to make it to the television. I said, I should have made the interview. I told this, I said, I should have made the interview more secular. I should have talked about just, you know, how we love the community and all that. Shouldn't have talked so much about Jesus. But... We preached Jesus on TV, y'all. She said our mission statement, Jesus should be accessible. They put the part where we said, if you've never heard me preach, but you turn on the news, know this, Jesus loves you. Like what? They heard that. Now I know you probably saw this on, on, on my Instagram and then you probably saw us on the churches and one of your friends reposted it and you're probably tired of this by now and you think we're playing it out and I'll just say, you're played out. When I played out, you'll play it out. Number one. Number two, not every news article that gets written about this church will be positive. I'm letting you know that now because we won't show that one. So we, so we ought to celebrate when the world looks at what's going on and giving God praise, we ought to celebrate it. And number three, and number three, if you really think that, maybe you got a problem. And this is the perfect segue to my message. <laughs> Maybe the reason why you don't like it is because in your life, you have a tendency to be too quick to turn the page on God's blessings in your life. When sometimes we ought to just sit and camp out a little bit on what God has done, reflect and go, you know what? Way to go, God. And maybe we don't do that enough. So I want to use that to open up the message today in the book of Joshua, chapter 12, verse 7 through 24. If you have it, you can turn to it. If not, you can read with me on the screen. I'm going to jump right in for time's sake. Joshua has pretty much overtaken much of the promised land that was promised to him and the people of Israel when they left Egypt. Joshua is their leader. That's why the book is called Joshua. And he's writing a summary of their victories. And I love this. Here is a list of the kings of the land that Joshua and the Israelites conquered on the west side of the Jordan. From Baal Gad in the valley of Lebanon to Mount Halak, which rises towards Seir, Joshua gave their lands as an inheritance to the tribes of Israel, according to their tribal divisions. The lands included the hill country, the western foothills, the Arabah, the mountain slopes, the wilderness, and then the Gev. These were the lands of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, and Cellulites. <laughs> I'm just playing, just playing. It's a preacher joke. By the way, you know we can't get rid of the cellulites. Anyway, um, <laughs> they ain't never leaving the land. <clears throat> I heard somebody put on, on social media, they said, I think my fat cells believe in Jesus. Someone said, how come? He said, because once saved, always saved. They don't, they don't go away. 
I'm sorry, I'm preaching. Um, where was I at? Oh, these were the kings. Verse nine, back to the message. The king of Jericho won. The king of Ai near Bethel won. The king of Jerusalem won. The king of Hebron won. Listen, would it be okay? <laughs> I think we know where this is going. If we could just skip a little bit, would that be all right? If we just skip a little bit. Okay, so could we go in the next one? Let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. All right, you can skip this one. Nope, skip that one. Oh. The king of Goim and Gilgal won. The king of Terza won. 31. Title of my message on the screen, please. I'd like to speak to you today on the topic, don't skip the wins. When I was reading this passage of scripture, honestly, the only reason why I was reading it was because it was in my Bible devotional plan. And I started to get to Joshua chapter 12 and I saw it. And the moment I saw it, I thought this has nothing, no application for me. So I turned the page. I skipped it. Just so you, just, if you ever get bored reading the Bible, you need to know your pastor does sometimes too. If you came to church for no other reason, that right there, that was a blessing for you. Like sometimes it's hard for me too. I was reading the king of this, the king of that. I'm like, next chapter, please. I turned the page. And the moment I turned the page, the Holy Spirit arrested me and said, you always do that. You always skip the wins. I'll give you a blessing in your life. I deliver you from a challenge. And before you even say thank you, you're on to the next. Before you even take a moment to reflect on all that I brought you through, you're looking ahead to everything you still have left to go through. Before you even give me thanks for, for, for the battles that you've won in your life, you're already asking for help for the next battle. Listen, don't skip the wins. God said, every blessing I've given, every conflict I resolved, every paycheck I received, come on somebody, every breath that you kept taking, it's always been just on to the next, never the time to celebrate, never the time to reflect, never the time to say thank you. And I get it, it's hard to say thank you when you're in the middle of a battle. Like I get it, like when I'm reading the Bible, I'm reading the Bible for a battle. Most of the times the battle is preparing to speak on Sunday morning. And so I'm looking for things that apply. And if I don't think it applies, I turn the page. And so I get that it's hard to give praise when there's pressure. And I get that it's hard to be happy when there's, when we're hurting. But even in battle, there are bunkers. Moments where you have to huddle down, sit down and go, well, you know what? It ain't over yet, but we made it this far. <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't done yet. They ain't got us yet. We ain't been killed yet. We got some victories under our belt. God told me to tell somebody, listen, I know, I know this year has not been perfect. Or maybe it has up until a few weeks ago. In reality, what year ever has been. But as tough as it's been, here's the word of God for your life today. Don't skip the wins. Don't skip the wins. It's a sad but true statement. I'll say it just for me, and maybe I can include you in it. So I'll just say we. I find that this is true in my life. We spend a lot of time thinking about the battles we're fighting, even more time thinking about the battles we've lost, and almost no time thinking about the battles we've won. Wow, that's so good. That's so good. 
Anybody else but me? I, I mean, I remember taking Zane to Disney once when he was younger. And when we went, it was a good day. Uh, we had just gotten on the mine train for the first time for him because he, he finally got tall enough. Then, then he had ice cream. So he was coming off the mine train, eating ice cream. You know, he was just living his best life. And I remember he looked at me right before we got in the car, put him in his car seat. He said, Dad. I said, yeah, Bobby. He said, this was the best day of my life. I was like, awesome. Parent win. <laughs> I felt like telling him, remember that. Because like, I was going to need that for later. And I thought I was going to need that months later. I needed that 40 minutes later. Because 40 minutes later on the way home, we drive by the dollar store. Now, when he's with his grandpa, his grandpa always pulls in every dollar store he sees and gets the boys a toy from the dollar store. So he tells me now, Daddy, Daddy, can we stop and get toys from the dollar store? I said, no, we just went to Disney. And you had ice cream. And I'm tired. Parents, amen. You know what it's like if you got a little kid. And I'm tired. We're going home. Starts to cry. I said, what's wrong? He said, this is the worst day ever. It's the worst day ever. Now, let me tell you something. I'm not even mad that he complained. I, I'm actually really glad that he felt comfortable enough with his dad that he could be honest about the way that he felt. I'm glad that he could cry to me. I'm glad that he could complain to me. I'm glad that he could blame me. What? I'm glad that he's talking to me. I'm not mad that he complained. I'm mad that he forgot. Can I tell you, God's not even mad that you complained. I think he's glad that you have the kind of relationship with him, that you can cry to him and yell at him and be mad at him. And I think he's like, come on, take it. Bring a good. I'm glad that you trust me enough to be honest. I'm not even mad that you're complaining. I'm just mad that you forgot. I'm just mad that you didn't put the one thing I didn't do for you in the context of the thousands of things I did do for you. I don't mind you being honest. The only problem with you being honest is you're not being honest. Because you're not being honest with yourself. And matter of fact, he's in your, here's what the Bible says. Psalms 103 verse 2. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So here's a new rule. Every time you complain, church, which is okay to do to God, like, I just want you to know that. He's cool with it. Just put your complaints in the context of your blessings. Just do that. Like, it's, it's okay. If you want to complain to God about your kids, amen. He's the one that gave them to you. <laughs> like, well, you did this to me. You know? <laughs> cool, cool, cool. But at the same time, I want you to put the complaint, six, seven, eight family right now that are trying to save up 30, 40, 50, 60,000 dollars to adopt one. And you got one for almost free. But I'm hospital bills, you know, hospital. Almost free. Almost free. You got one. Hey, if you want to complain about your car breaking down, complain about your car breaking down. You, and God is here for it. God says, I'm here for it. But when you complain about your car breaking down, put it in the context of the fact that your health isn't breaking down. And then, and then, and then just, just put it in context. Just put it in context like, I'm in good health. 
put that in context, when you, if you're going to complain about all the friends that left you and turned their back on you and betrayed you, cool, God is here for that. Just put it in the context of all the friends that stood by you, that fought for you, that had your back when no one else had your back. They were there to cry with you and weep with you. Put it in context. I think this is the problem with the Israelites. That was their issue. When they left Egypt, they start to complain to God, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. And you know what? I always wondered why God had a problem with that. <laughs> you know, God's mad at them. Like, he's not mad at them because they were hungry and thirsty. As a matter of fact, he gave them everything that they asked for when they asked for it. You want water? I'll get water from a rock. You want food? Bread from heaven. I'm not mad that you're complaining. I'm mad because after you complained, you said, it's better for us to go back to Egypt. And God is saying, did you forget? Did you forget what life, like was, like, what life was like before me? I mean, I know now it ain't perfect, but that wasn't no picnic either. So I don't mind if you complain, but don't forget. Why? Because when we forget the battles God won for us, we forget God. We just forget him completely. Check this out. To Zane... I was the meanest dad in the world because I didn't give him everything he wanted. This one's going to sting. Give me passive permission to be honest with you. Okay, 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 okay. God's not mean because you didn't get everything you wanted. You gave me permission. You need to say amen at the end when I said what I said. I'm just, God's not mean because we have the tendency when we don't get the thing that we want, to be like, he, he, there is no God. He's, he don't love me. He's out to get me. And, and you know who, whose plan that is from the beginning? It's the devil's plan. Genesis chapter three, verse one. Look what he did. Now the serpent, this is the devil, the snake, Lucifer, Satan. Now the serpent was more what? Sneaky, very, very sneaky. It's very, very sneaky. Was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from, what's that word? Any. The guy really said you can't eat from any, any tree in the garden. For those who don't know the Bible story, no, he did not say that. You know what he did say? You can eat from every tree except that one. Ooh, how does the devil do it for you? God doesn't answer any of my prayers. Any of your prayers? No, he didn't answer that prayer and aligned with his perfect will for your life. And by the way, if it's not in his will, you don't want it anyway. I hate to tell you. Well, he didn't answer any of my prayers. He's answered about a thousand of them. That one he didn't. Well, God doesn't help me with any of my struggles. Honest, he's helped you with about five of your struggles. And the only reason he left that one is because of what he told Paul, in your weakness, my power is made perfect. So, so I'm going to help you with the rest of them, but I'm going to leave that one because that one keeps you coming to church. Because if I took away that one, you wouldn't be here no more. Huh? Huh? <laughs> I'm just saying. I, that one, that one. Not, not all of them, that one. You got to put it in context. This is what the devil wants to do. He wants you to get your eyes on everything that God didn't do for you so that he can be to blame. But if God can get you to look at everything he did do for you, your faith would not shrink. It would expand. It would grow. I think this is why Joshua gave the list to the Israelites. One, 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 one. The promised land had not been 
completely conquered yet. One, I'm trying to boost your faith. I got something like this in my office, and I think everybody needs something like this in their home. This is a shelf of mine in my office. And those objects mean nothing to you, but they mean everything to me. On the left-hand side here, you, uh, you see a, a, just a tissue paper wrapped in a, in a gold frame. Now, that means nothing to you, but when I was about, I don't know, 24 years old, God was calling me to ministry in Orlando, and I was really afraid because I didn't really have a support system out here. And I remember it was 21 days of prayer and fasting. I was on the corner of the church, and I felt the Holy Spirit minister to me, speak to me, and he said, like David, like God, anoint, like I anointed David. And I, I don't think I've ever heard the audible voice of God, but if I did, it was probably maybe two times in my life, and this was one of them. Like I anointed David, I anoint you today. That's what I heard in my spirit. And then about 10 seconds after that, my pastor comes over to me from the front, and he says, like, I, like God anointed David, I anoint you. Word for word, what God told me. Then he takes a, a bowl of anointing oil. If you grew up in Pentecostal church, you know. He took the, the bowl, and he, he didn't even do the dab. He didn't take a dab of oil. He just dropped a whole bowl on me. I felt like, a, felt like a churro. You know what I'm saying? It is all over me. Well, that, that moment was so, so, you can imagine. I ran to the bathroom. I grabbed as much toilet paper as I could. I wiped my face, then I went and I framed. I, I didn't want to forget when things got tough, what, what God told me. It was a win. I'm called. The next one, you, you would not know what that is, but that is the package. And inside that package is the blanket that my son who passed away, that he was wrapped in when he passed away. And then the little sticker on the front was the wristband that he had on when he was born. And I keep that in my office. You say, why would you want to see that every day? Because sometimes the wind isn't the wind, but, but sometimes the wind is what could have killed you, but didn't. And when things get tough and things get hard, if one day they tell us we can't stay in this building anymore, baby, I appreciate your text messages of faith and encouragement, but I won't need it. I'll go back to my office. I'll look at that baby blanket and I'll go, if God could get me through that, he can get me through this. That's my win. The next one in the back was the first time we ended up in the news. It was the first page of the Orlando Sentinel. And uh, then the second one, that's a book that I wrote, which is, you know, it's a pretty big deal to me because how many people would like to write a book one day? Yeah, but I actually did. So, so, so I win. You know what I'm saying? So I win. So I win. The next one. <laughs> Not rubbing it in. It's just it's a bestseller, but whatever. Um, and then uh, on the right, you wouldn't, again, recognize what that is, but that's a gift someone gave me, a member of the church. It's like a string journey church thing. But what really stands out to me is what's on it, the little blue thing. That is the, when we got the property and I, I was coming back from a trip from Houston and I got here and when they gave me the keys to the property, that was the key ring that the key was on. So I took the key ring and I put it on my office to always look at it like win, 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 win. God just told me to tell you, somebody needs to, somebody needs to open up their camera roll in their phone and look back at all the wins. They got, somebody needs to open up the attic and look at all the keepsakes. 
Somebody needs to open up, you know, find your college diploma that you don't know where it's at right now, collecting dust somewhere. Well, I didn't go to college. Find your high school diploma. Well, I didn't go to high school. Find your GED and look at your GED. Look, well, I didn't even go to high school. Fine. Then find your baby book, okay? And as you're going through your baby book, be like, one years old, made it. Two years old, made it. Three years old, made it. Four years old, made it. Five years old, made it. You got to win on some level. You need to go find it and celebrate it. What happens if I didn't win at all? What happens if, if I'm still in the middle of a battle? Cool, God told me to tell you. I know I'm saying that a lot, but I do really feel like today's word is for you. Don't skip the win. Here's the other one. Don't skip dessert. <laughs> That's a word for anybody counting macros right now. Just don't skip dessert. I'm going to read a long passage of scripture, but I promise it relates. 1 Samuel 14, 24. Now the Israelites were in distress that day because Saul had bound the people under an oath saying, Saul is the king of Israel. Cursed be anyone who eats food before evening comes, before I have avenged myself on my enemies. So let's pause right here. Saul is in the middle of a war and he has won a battle. What's crazy about what you're about to read is he just finished winning a battle, but the war was not done. Are you seeing the difference? Like a battle is a part of a war. He won the battle, but the war had not been done yet. So he makes a rule for everybody. So no one tastes food. So none of the troops tasted food. Verse 25, but the entire army entered the woods and they saw honey on the ground. And when they went into the woods and saw the honey oozing out, no one put his hand to his mouth because they feared the oath that Saul made them take until his son, Jonathan, verse 27, uh, he didn't hear about what his dad said. So he was hungry. So brightened. Verse 28, then one of the soldiers told them, ooh, your father made us all make a promise, strict oath, saying anyone who eats food today is to be cursed. That's why the men are so exhausted. Verse 29 said, my, Jonathan said, my father has made trouble for the whole country. See how my eyes brightened when I tasted a little of this honey? How much better it would have been if the men had eaten today some of the plunder they took from their enemies. Would not the slaughter of the Philistines have been even greater? The people would not eat because the war was not over. And I get that. But they had just won a battle. And instead of celebrating what they did, Saul punished them because they were not done. Here's the question for reflect on. Can you celebrate what you did even if you're not done? Like, can you celebrate in the middle of your journey, even though your journey is not over? Uh, about a year ago, I got a DEXA scan of my body to see how much body fat I was carrying. Found out I was obese. That's what the doctor said. 27% body fat. I remember leaving the scan thinking there's no way. Now I see pictures of me and I was like, I need help. I needed help. I needed help. I was not good. And it was bad, bad for my health and everything. So I did a whole bunch of math and stuff. And I found out how long I was going to need to diet for to get to the goal, body fat percentage that I wanted. And it was 11 months, November. Like I just finished last week. Like I had Chick-fil-A fries for the first time in a year, two weeks ago. And that's why I'm preaching fire right now because my eyes, my eye, I tasted the honey and my eyes are open up. Um, yeah, but 11 months. And I remember a few weeks into my diet thinking, there's no way I'm going to make it. And I almost quit until two words changed my life. Now, Jesus Christ, cheat day. When I heard about this thing called cheat day, you know what cheat day is? Cheat day is six days out of the week, you eat good. But one day, you go ham. <laughs> one day, you celebrate six days of discipline. And I don't think I would have ever made it had I not taken time in the middle to celebrate what 
had not been done, but what I had done already. Here's why it's so important. Because you cannot endure what you never enjoy. So in the middle of it, you got to celebrate. Like, I know all the windows in your house need renovating, but you did change out all the light bulbs. Good job, you. I know, I know you're 50 pounds away from your goal, but you did lose five. Way to go, you. I know you still got thousands of dollars worth of school debt to pay on, but this year, you did pay off thousands. So hey, come on now. I know you're still grieving, but you did put on worship music the other day, which means a part of you is grateful. So I thank God that there's a part of me that even though I lost someone who I love, that there's a part of me that can still be grateful. I, there's a part, I'm not, I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, sometimes you gotta just, good job, me. Way to go. I know you're not perfect, but you did come to church today, which means there's a part of you that's progressing and building and growing. And you gotta be able to celebrate, you gotta be able to eat dessert. <laughs> that was not the word you were expecting from church today, but eat dessert. Gotta go through it. What if, well, what if, well, what if this, this year, I don't think I've had any wins. I've just experienced loss after loss and cool. And for you, the title of the message is not just don't skip the wins. Here's another thing I want you to do. Don't skip the losses either. Don't skip the losses. When I turned the page on those, on those, those, those countries and those kings, I got convicted because I thought, you know, one of the reasons why you turned the page so fast, because you didn't lose anybody in those battles. That was in your family that went to, went to war. That wasn't your cousin that died at Horma. That wasn't your father that died at Adullam. That wasn't your son that was taken captive at Lasheron and Madden and Hazor. You didn't lose a finger at Megiddo and Kadesh. But the people who the Bible was written for in that moment, they did. And they did not skip the wins there because they had lost. Here's what I'm trying to say, why it's important not to skip over our losses. Because our losses, if we don't experience losses, we can never appreciate victories. Losses have purpose in your life. You want to hold on to someone tight, lose someone you love. And you will never love again the same way. Your love with an appreciation that love can be taken in you at many moments. Because you've lost. You got to experience it. Losses have a purpose in our life. I'll give you three really quickly. Number one, our losses are steps. Our losses are actually steps that take us to the place we want to be. You know how many, if you think about it, how many losses did it take for you to show up to church today? If it wasn't for your losses, you wouldn't be here. God isn't someone we turn to when everything is going great. He's the one we turn to when everything is going wrong. So if you think about it, you would be here today if the losses had not been steps to guide you here. This is not the first building we put an offer on. This is the fourth. Every other one said no or the building got demolished. And every single time something like that happened, I thought, God, you must not love us. God, you must not have a plan for us. And God was like, there's steps. Because every one of those will lead you to this building that I have for you. Losses are steps. Our losses are stops. Not only do they take you to the place God wants you to be, listen, they keep you from being the person you don't want to be. Can you imagine who you would be if you had not lost? Like, you know why she had to leave you, right? Why you had to break up? Because if she didn't leave you, you wouldn't have stopped. You would have kept doing what you was doing. So she had to leave. So you had to lose so you could stop. You know why you had the mental breakdown, right? Because you were going too hard. 
So you had to lose a bit of your sanity so that you could stop yourself and slow down your pace. So sometimes our losses are stops. But here's the one I really want to hone in on. A lot of times, every time, our losses are stories. Because the things that we tell our kids about are the things that almost killed us but didn't. Those are the best. I love those stories on my dad. He'd be like, I fell off a four-story building. I'm like, what? (laughs) He's like, but I'm walking today. I'm like, tell me that one again. (laughs) My dad did this to me when I was young. Everybody knows my dad's story. He was had a father who was abusive, tried to kill him multiple times. Tell me that story again, dad. And you made that? Wow. You know, your losses are set up for for the greatest stories. I think that's, I think, I think that's why, like, I, I know the Bible wasn't written in English. It was originally written in Hebrew, but I feel like us English readers get a double blessing from the Holy Spirit in reading it because I can hear Joshua's heart as he's speaking it. King of Jericho, one. King of Ai, one. King of Jerusalem, one. King of Hebron, one. I see O-N-E, but I can't help but hear W-O-N. He knows all the losses that went into it. So when he's retelling the story to his descendants, he's like, yeah, we lost about 400 people in that battle. But in the end, we won. The king, the king of Tapua, that's a real one. The king of Tapua, yeah, that was a hard one. I lost my pinky finger there. That was tough. I didn't think we were going to make it. I remember the enemy came. He did a flank maneuver, and he was coming up from my, I thought he was going to kill us all, but ha-ha, won. King of Afik, that was difficult. Won. We won. We won. We won. The story of your life is that in the end, won. 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 So I, so, I, so, I, so I just, I made one for you. And maybe it'll minister, but I, and I'll just stop speaking when you start praising, but pandemic, one. Politics, one. Got fired from my job, one. Breakup, one. I'll stop preaching when you start praising. Grief, one. Bankruptcy, one. Miscarriage, one. Divorce, one. Cancer, one. Loneliness, one. Surgery, one. Car accident, one. Depression, one. Anxiety, one. Identity theft, one. Accusations, one. Demonic attacks, one. Infidelity, one. Abuse, one. And just in case, the worst happened to you this year, then let me remind you of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Death. Death. One, 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 one. One, 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 one. One. Stay standing, stay standing. I know this year has been hard for people, but don't skip the wins. If it's been especially hard, you need to come back next Sunday. I told the title of my Christmas, someone needs to hear it because it's not a great holiday for everyone if Christmas feels empty. Because I know it's tough. But even in the toughness, don't skip the wins.
So I felt convicted to do something. I made a list of 31 things. 31, not things, I'm sorry, correction. 31 wins in 2021 in my life. Would you mind if I shared my 31 wins with you? I was going to do it anyway, but. Number one, and not a lot of people can say this, so I'm going to say it. My family made it through this year alive. Not a lot of people say that. Number two, my kids, my kids graduated third and fourth grade. Number three, right? Dang it, second and third. It's prophetic. Number three, we had our first sabbatical. Number four, I got to take Justice and Zane to New York City where I grew up. Number five, they got to taste real pizza. Number six, they also got to taste a real hot dog. Number seven, I shared my testimony of addiction and deliverance with Justice for the first time, and we bonded. Number eight, my sister-in-law's death brought our family together. Number nine, Journey Church got into a new building. Number 10, we passed fire inspection and got half of our permits, half. But, but sometimes you got to celebrate in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Dessert. You got to have dessert. We got half of them. Number 11, we saw record salvations and baptisms at Journey Church. Number 12, we hosted our first Freedom Conference. Number 13, we hosted over 300 attendees at the Dreamies. Number 14, I started the year off at 27% body fat and I made it down to 13% body fat. Number 15, I look good. Number 16, Liz still looks good. Number 17, my toilet pipes bursted. But because of members in the church, a $10,000 repair cost me a fraction of that amount. Number 18, Journey Church hosted our first worship night. Number 19, we hired our first full-time youth director in James and our first full-time guest services director in Geo. And none of our and none of our staff members quit. Amen. That's Journey Leadership because it was a tough year. <laughs> Number 20, we have the largest enrolled class of Journey Leadership Academy ever. Number 21, I've preached more funerals this year than ever. Now that might not sound like a win, but I got to be there for families who were hurting, and that's a win in my book. Number 22, I got to preach a general council. That means nothing to you, but that's something big to me. Number 23, Journey Church funded the entire renovation of English Estates Elementary Media Lab. Number 24, Journey Church's generosity put Jesus on the news. Number 25, Liz and I celebrated 13 years of marriage. Number 26, we refinanced our mortgage to a 10-year and paid two years of it off. Number 27, I baked a cheesecake. Number 28, number 28, number 28, my sister is still serving God. And involved in ministry, number 28. Number 29, by the end of this year, we will have given away over $200,000 as a church to charities and nonprofits. Number 30, the lump on my body was benign. Number 31, I'm still in ministry and loving it. Now, unlike, unlike every sermon that I preach, this sermon comes with an assignment. You've got homework to do when you leave church today. If you drove here in the car with somebody, then I want you and that somebody 
to take turns until together you come up with 31 wins for your family today. If you are alone, <laughs> that just means more wins that you get for sure. Now you can take a picture of it, write it down, post it, screen it. You can just share it with me or you as a family. If you're going out to eat after at the restaurant, what you order? All right, let's count one. And I want you to go through 31 of them. Why? Because if the devil can get you looking at everything that God didn't give you this year, your faith will shrink for 2022. But if God can get you to look at everything he did do for you this year, your faith will increase for 2022. Yeah, that's right. Come on, that's so good. Raise your hand if you're going to do it. You're going to do it? 31? 31? You want to do it? All right. Then let me know. I want to celebrate with you when you do it. 31, 31. Because that's how many kings Joshua defeated. 31. So I want you to tell me all the kings you defeated this year. In Jesus' name. I want to pray and we'll close. I want to pray. First off, for the person whose many losses this year has led them to church for the first time in a long time. You don't have a relationship with Jesus and you wondered why you went through what you went through. It was to bring you home to Him. And the biggest win of your year is about to take place right here, right now, as you come back home to the one who created you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this room and you'd like to start a relationship with Jesus, when I say three, I want you to shoot your right hand up to the sky as a signal and sign, I'm ready for Jesus to change my life. I'm ready to receive his love once again. All over this building, if that's you on three, raise your right hand high to the sky. One, two, three. Let me see it right now. Show it out. There you go. I see it. I see it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Amen. You can put your hand down. Whether you raise your hand or not, I want you to repeat after me. Father God, come on, everybody say, Father God, I thank you for the losses. Because they led me here. They led me to you. I'm coming home today. Forgive me for my choices. Today, I receive your love for me. Amen. Come on, give God some praise. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.